Hello and welcome back to the US Film Production Podcast. Uh, I'm Charlie and today we have, um, we've got three guests and we're talking about Quentin Tarantino and his films. Um, we have uh, Dan Povey. Hi, yes, Charlie. Thanks for having me on the podcast. And you're you're in what 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 course and year are you in? Oh, so so I do film production in, and we've just finished our third year. And I've been a Tarantino fan for since 2015. Thank you. There you go. Awesome. Uh, we've got Michael. Hi, I'm uh, Michael. I'm in just finished my second year now at film production. Uh, I've been a fan. Ooh, since I was probably like 10 or 11, <laughs> thanks to my mum. There Cheers, you go, mom. nice. <laughs> nice one. And we've also got Chris. Hi, I'm, I'm on animation. I've just finished as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm more on the critic side of Tarantino, but I am also a fan. Um, yeah, I'm excited to join the podcast. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, so let's get right into it. Because I know, I know, Povey, I know you, um, even though you don't have a camera, I know you had like, you were very opinionated about this and you were speaking to me about this before. Um, with, with Tarantino, I know, is he, is he, is he your favorite, favorite director? Um, hmm. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't really tend to think about favorites, but if you were to ask me my favorite director, though, I, I don't normally think about picking one. It probably would be, yeah, because he's the one who I've um, spent the most time, let's say, uh, looking into and thinking about, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably your favourite, then, in, in, that, in that sense, then, if we just go off that. Yeah, he's one of the three directors who have seen all of his work. So, you could say so, sure. I mean, okay, so... What, what makes him a good director, then? We should obviously start out with, like with the bare bones, what actually makes him good, mm. arguably? Well, I think he understands filmmaking to a T. And uh, when you're directing scenes, directing a film, it's pretty crucial to it. I, I think that he really, of course, uh, he writes a lot of his scripts. Like, I know that we like to do a lot uh, at university and direct our own stuff. So I feel like he, he writes a story. He really understands it. And he's kind of like, I, I don't understand cliche in the way he's saying he's the filmmaker's director, but he or, or the, the film fan's director. But a lot of his films are so inspired by old movies and have kind of like a theme around them that you can kind of really see what he's going for. Which I think having a clear sort of style or goal makes you quite a good director if you do it well as well, which I think he does. He he has an authorship basically. I guess is what I'm trying to say. A really good defined one. Okay, is his style arguably not stolen from old Korean and old Japanese films? Homage, yeah, I'd, I'd say. I'd say, say there's homage. a homage. Of... You wouldn't say stolen. <laughs> is that um, the unprofessional, is that well, unprofessional term? <laughs> in some cases, uh, maybe I actually would, because he does tend to do that a lot, where he uses a shot, and because in any of his films, like it's just oh, I'm going to use this or oh, I'm going to use that, but I. I do sort of think that there is there isn't any harm to it because it's, it's someone who loves these movies and is just like a massive nerd that when he makes his own he just decides okay I'm going to use this shot here or I'm going to pay homage to that just because it's kind of like for the sake of it but sometimes I I feel like hmm I'm sure if I could think of an example there is some intercon um some intercontextuality to why he uses a specific ref a specific reference like especially some stuff in the westerns 
that will that will relate back to the themes that he's trying to hit or something about the old movies that he's trying to like bring to light or like twist like a kind of staple with a with, with um uh, a like very famous shot or something but um yeah i i don't necessarily think that it is stealing although we just tend to do it quite a bit it, that, that, that's why I see him as like the film fans director because it's just a lot of uh, it's 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 the same with like with Edgar Wright and Wes Anderson really they're just massive movie fans they've all just seen loads and loads of films and a lot of the films that they make are just like like that's why you'll see them like um like the, the, they're so close in it and they, and they just have those conversations where they're just talking about movies and movies and movies and movies because they've seen so much they know like the medium so well that when they come to making it it's almost like they can't. Uh, help but draw upon that stuff and just say I love this I'm going to use it where I say something on like the other spectrum Alfred Hitchcock is like I'm too busy making my own movies to watch any, anyone else's movies I just like to do my own thing which I think is actually quite interesting because you as, as you can see you can do it well both ways but that's how I feel about that anyway okay okay fair enough I mean Michael Chris do you guys have anything to with, with well, him and that, well my favorite director I don't know if you're going to defend me back on this podcast, but you'll hear me talking about him a lot, is Edgar Wright. Now, Edgar Wright is a big fan of movies. He's he's watched a lot of movies, but he doesn't reference and steal ideas in the same way that Tarantino does. He just recycles them instead. Uh, he'll reference a movie like with uh, We're Coming to Get You, Barbara, and stuff like that. But Tarantino straight up, like, the whole... Uh, be square thing, and like, he, he'll totally rip off scenes and do it. Whereas a director like Edgar Wright will do something new with it. Mm, yeah, I, like I can see that. Come across as a bit tacky. I, in a way. I, I, I think in, in in my defense, the way I look at it, because I've heard this argument for a very long time, the way um, Tarantino steals. Um, and in all fairness, when it comes with any art, when it comes to music, um, art and painting itself. All art is is technically stolen, if you want to say it like that, because the way people find their own kind of style is by incorporating what they like. So, like I've I've done stuff where I've like directed and edited films, and I've done it in such ways where I've seen a film and I've I've seen it like that, and, and we've used that. And I think just about anyone at uni has like referenced or used another film to help them with other stuff. Um, but I think I think like people saying that he steals stuff isn't necessarily true because yes it might be more in your face but at least he's not trying to disguise it like he it's his own work he's kind of doing it so in your face that he knows that like yes this is from something else well that's because he really enjoys it because because he wants to show like how much he loves film because because he he, he still wants to continue that like route of film but like with with any art, and if anyone says that, it's it's like because I've I've done music before, and I've done I've done paint and stuff like that, and literally like in in college when I studied art and music, you, unless you were in the very early stages of first first man finding painting and and music, like nothing's really original, because like it's really hard to find something original nowadays. So you use stuff as a basis and like especially with like art styles and music styles you use and listen to like stuff that you love and incorporate that into making what you find yourself so i feel like people who saying that he's like steals stuff is just an easy 
kind of reason to why they don't like him. And I feel like, yeah, he's probably one of the directors that does it more in your face compared to other directors, like you said with Edgar Wright. However, it doesn't mean the fact that other people still don't do it. So I think I think that's that's my opinion on the whole like steel argument. Yeah, sure. No, I mean obviously art is is again subjective, which is a big part of this whole debate and whether or not you know whether or not there can ever be anything truly original. But that's kind of another debate in itself. I think <laughs> and that's the whole thing you can talk about. That's more of a philosophical thing. I think. I think at a ground level, I think. People generally like Tarantino's work um, and they like what he produces. Uh, But the other argument that I think you've probably heard a lot as Tarantino fans is how far can you separate the art from the artist? And is some of his sort of weirdness, you know, can you separate that? From his, from the work he creates, I can see Dan's just unmuted his mic. Is this this a question about the feet? Is this a question about the feet? Well, we did have this as well. Um, I don't know who it is on Instagram. M M underscore Perdigo thirty one. Why did my G in brackets Tarantino have such an obsession with feet? Also, Um. also his thing with strangling women. Because oh, it makes them look more like they're being really strangled when I'm actually strangling them. Is that not a bit too far? Mm. For I think with Tarantino's thing with feet is just like the tip of the iceberg, really. Like there's a lot of underlying issues about Tarantino, and feet is just like the cherry on top, really. Go on, then. This is from Simon Churton Media on um on Instagram, and he and it's what is Tarantino? Can someone describe to me what it, what actually is Tarantino? What is the I think I think style? for me, um, like I, I, was, I was thinking about this the other night, and I was just thinking like, yes, you have a lot of his tropes, uh, like codes and conventions of Tarantino, but I think one of the things that is kind of missed is um, is that he's a fun director. Like his films aren't just serious, and they're not just comedy; they're fun, and you don't get. You do have a few directors. I'm not saying he's the only one. I'm not going to try and like put him on a pedestal and bloody worship him. But you get either directors who make serious films or directors who like do like comedies. Who like most of the times the odd laugh, but a comedy film I never find like fully just completely out funny. And then you also get ones that are like really crappy and not taken seriously. But I feel like it's 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 quite kind of rare to get a director who's actually like fun like the, the they're in that kind of middle line of yes they do fairly serious stuff but they also play with kind of the funnier kind of thing but it's just like a fun experience to watch yeah i i know like some of his films can be debated like oh they're quite long and a bit boring but like i find it like like i, I don't i don't think i'm ever even though I love Tarantino, I was never basically like, I love every single one of his films because I have to. It was literally, I would view his f- films, whenever I saw his films, would just be with an unbiasedness. And I was, I just I just found them entertaining. I just found them like a fun, weird little journey and insight to someone's life, even if they are fully fictional. It just feels like, like I wouldn't say realistic, but just, just like a fun insight. And it's like you're following a randomer's life. And I just think, like, 
he manages to do it in such a way where it still fairly feels grounded um but not limited to the to the rules of the real world and i just think like as a director he's he's fun and it's it's not just always really serious and always like has to be dark humor i think it's a good blend of things but then there's other people's opinions so <laughs> i mean chris what for, for you as someone who doesn't necessarily like tarantino what what is tarantino to you like you know michael was just talking about how he's a fun director how he actually like takes you on a sort of a journey into these stories and characters and how you don't get that very often there is a lot I admire about him, and obviously, I can tell that he does have a very sincere love for like film and that, and I I do really appreciate that. But like saying that, like Jackie Brown is the only film I have ever walked out of because I I got about halfway and I found it really boring. Tarantino is obviously he's got like matter commentary, to films a lot bloody violence. I do associate, yeah, he uses the N-word a lot. Samuel Jackson is something I, I associate with Tarantino, obviously. So generally, still still, still things to admire there, but not necessarily like, <laughs> you're just sort of like, oh yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's fine. He's pretty good. He's pretty good at what he does. Sure. I don't, I, I, in regard, I don't know if he does anything that, that special, really. On a dialogue level, is pretty good. I'll give him that. But on like a film level, I don't. Know, I don't. I wouldn't really say he's anything that special. But okay, interesting. Couldn't say why. I mean, for me personally, uh, I have. I've, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Um, but I have a thing against long films, and Tarantino has a bad habit of making very long, drawn out films, which is which is fine. Some people love really long films. But I start to have problems with films after an hour and a half because I, I genuinely believe that films shouldn't be longer than an hour and a half. <laughs> and now, yeah, yeah, everyone hates it when I say it, but I, I genuinely believe it. <laughs> I genuinely. Well, that's what I mean, like with Tarantino, like on a film level, I don't really feel like he's done anything that revolutionary. Got right, sure, he's got good dialogue. But there are plenty of other directors who I think are better than Tarantino who have just as good dialogue. Like Paul Thomas Anderson has just as good dialogue in his films, arguably has got a better craft to it. I mean, would you say, though, that he was maybe one of the directors that brought ultra-violence to cinema, though? I mean, that comes from, obviously, Korean films, I think, I'm pretty sure. Um, I hope I'm not miss misquoting um. that, but I'm pretty sure he, he brought a lot of those styles in from a lot of... Um, a lot of Japanese films as well that used quite yeah. a, like very heavy gore blood um, to try and you know just like samurai films and stuff. I think he brought them from as well, which is why Kill Bill is so the way it is. I mean, what about his use? I think Arif actually asked this: was what do people think about his use of ultra violence? Then, mm, in that well, case, uh, it's just so much fun. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Um, right, I I think. First, I, I I was just thinking about that point of of um, what 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 has he done? What has Tarantino brought? So um, I was just thinking about his filmography, and I was trying to think like, is there anything especially unique? Because um, his directing style has inspired a lot of people. Because it, it's got a, a lot of because you know originally you know um, 
Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. Like, if you look at articles from that time, it's like, oh, he's the director of Cool. There's so much cool stuff going on. And like, wow, his films are so bloody. And Reservoir Dogs, I can see that. I think that, I think definitely Django Unchained um, sort of, like, says, uh, you, you know, a lot of love for old Western films. Go and watch old Western movies. Kill Bill, go and watch old samurai films. They're great. I, I, it inspired me to make these. Jackie Brown, go and watch black exploitation films. There's so many incredible um, people of color stories that have been said in the past. And Pulp Fiction, well, that's just, uh, it's just pretty, it's a pretty crazy movie. Uh, <laughs> um, Reservoir Dogs, go and watch some crime films. There's some awesome stuff about people in suits. And uh, there was one more I was trying to think of. Oh, Death Proof. Go and watch some old crappy B movies because they're all pretty, pretty fun to watch, just like this one. And then go watch Bastards. Go and watch some films about wars. Um, that's uh, and then like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hollywood is cool, I guess. Or like uh, th- th- a lot of things have happened. Th- that's just personally how I feel. like the main take from it is is look at all the things that all the pop culture in the past is sort of formulated in these art forms. I've been able to make. I think you should go and enjoy them too and see what you can get from them. And that's personally how I feel. Um, yeah. The yeah. violence. The violence. Um, Oh god, it is, it is right because I feel like you always have to look at films on like a one-on-one basis because there's always like a different thing to it. Like Once Upon a Time isn't really like that movie sense where everything's um, wacky and violent violent because it is kind of like grounded, like as real physics. Kill Bill doesn't have real physics. I, I watched Kill Bill one and two in the cinemas with my friend Josh and, and my god, we, oh we were laughing so hard. Like and 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 kill because because Kill Bill one because they're both really over the top and you've got these fights in the. Um, which, uh, uh, yeah, really does pull. The end of Kill Bill 1 really does pull from, like, Hong Kong and, and all types of other cinema. And then Kill Bill 2 is just, like, like that part where she's, like, like gnawing her way out of a grave, which just looks ridiculous. Um, it, it, serves, it serves the narrative. It pushes the story yeah. forward. The thing that pushes the story forward in Kill Bill is the, is the violence. That is how we progress from one revenge. plot point to the next. Yeah, revenge. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what the whole film is. That's what mm-hmm. both the films are about. Uh, okay. What would you think of his least violent films? And do you think that that that, that there is a, a contrast that shows that he's trying to do something different? Because I would say that Jackie Brown and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are kind of probably his least uh, violent films. I think that Jackie Brown is trying to be a more a bit more serious of a crime story, and it still has violence, but it, it's often not really shown. And okay, are they still inherently still? Tarantino though? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's, that's, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Is that um, yeah, is that it, it's not always just blood and gore and blood and guts. And more like in the films where it is like that, it's because it's, it's like heightened movie verse. Inglorious Bastards, you know, again the crazy physics. Let's kill the Nazis. Uh, kill Bill. Swords are flying around. Jackie Brown's a bit more. Um, uh, what was the word I'm trying? Uh, grounded. And I feel like Reservoir Dogs is Pulp Fiction probably in the middle because they do have that grounded feel, but there is a lot of, especially Reservoir Dogs, there's a lot of guns flying about in that film. So I think it is fun, but in some cases it does add to the story, but it also is his style. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's, it's fun, but there's more there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Michael or Chris, uh, do, you, do either of you want to say anything about this or think... the ultraviolet stuff? Yeah, I think with the with stuff with like the the ultra hyper violence, um, it's kind of like what you said. He 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 was well, well, he probably wasn't the one, but like he helped introduce that into like mainstream kind of cinema. Um, mm-hmm. Because before that, anything that was that violent would be like horror 
or just like like independent kind of films because if you start going that over the top like it's hard to to kind of distribute uh, distribute um but i just i just think like i said before it's just it's just just why not i can understand how there's the argument of you know um it can cause like the audience and that to 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 be violent but i think i think it's not the case i think it's the case when it's just grounded normal Mm -hmm. violence but because it's so hyper violent and over the top and ridiculous it's kind of a joke of the matter and it's just like i think because it's so unrealistic it's it kind of kind of presents itself to the audience like hey look at this this isn't real at all this is not real life and i think that's that's why it's it's so easy for him to just do these kind of dark but like weird stories is because he understands that this is not real life he doesn't want you. He doesn't want to take the audience out of it and like just be like, "This is not real life. Your your life is boring," kind of thing. But it's it's mm. not like, oh, if you go and do this tomorrow, it's going to be the exact same experience. It's like, don't rob a bank because it's just over the top violence and stuff like that. It's it's it's. It, it, I think the over the topness helps, um, kind of audience from not trying to delve into that world. It's kind of like um, it's hard to describe, but but I just I just think like the whole violence thing, like that's another argument people make, and I'm just like, well, if it's not against for you, his work, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. for everyone, is it? It's, 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 not, not, it's everyone. not for everyone. It's it's I, I think in the end of the day, when when I say my favorite, I, I get this all the time. Every time I tell someone when they ask me like what your favorite director is, I I, I do kind of like take a sign take a deep breath and do say tarantino I understand, <laughs> like what might come next and i know it's i'm I'm not like i'm not like um trying to tell you the lord and savior quentin tarantino and transfer you over to him and I, but i just i do question people because it's usually like the similar argument and it's just like is have you been told to feel like that or do you have your own personal reasons and i and i rather people have their own personal beliefs than going oh he's too violent he swears um to you know stuff like that and i'm and i'm like if if the violence is not for you fair enough but i don't think you should just take that away from people that do enjoy that mm. i think that's the thing like there's quite a few people that like because they don't like something they try and take that away from people that do like it and i think mm. that's kind of an unfair um golden rule to be fair mm. i think and i just think about over the top violence is just it, it sounds weird but it's just entertaining and fun because it's just so crazy i just mm-hmm. I, I do like serious films and i do like loads of different types and i and i watch so much but i just i just love to sit down and just watch a crazy fun film because you just like you just don't get that much like nowadays especially it's usually really crappy or just really serious and just or taking itself too serious whereas whereas mm. his films they're like they're not like i think he understands like more than ever like how people watch and understand him and i just think he, he just knows that he, he, you don't have to be serious i think he, he did start his career fairly serious i guess but even then it was just i don't know just just fun and I think mm. that solidifies it with the violence. It's just, it just, like, because it's so over the top, it just 
you know it's not real life. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I've got one. I've got one here, which um, from Tom Clark Media on Instagram, and he says, "At what point does him disavowing digital filming and being so antagonistic towards it become a hindrance in the evolution of filmmaking?" <sighs> now, I don't know how much you guys know about this. Um, and it's a pretty loaded question. And I'm actually, I actually didn't realize that he does he only film films on film. Is that his? Probably, is, that yeah. his is that his thing? Um, yeah, probably pretty sure. I don't see. Yeah, I don't, I, that, that's a bit stupid because you can these days you can film on digital and make it look like it's yeah. filmed on film anyway. So, Knives Out, Ryan Johnson filmed that on normal film, and then they put color grading on it to make it look like a classic whodunit film picture i don't see why tarantino can't just do the same i I think it's um i think to be fair it comes with like i think it's an age thing one one point because because i think it's like he grew up on that so he he just like he grew up on those kind of films, and like we said before, he's 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 really huge into his films. He watches it, and a lot of his films pay homage to um, a lot of genre of film that is considered dying or pretty much dead, or isn't really got a lot of films coming out in that genre. So I think it's again like paying homage and tribute to to, to cinema and old cinema. I can see where he's coming from because because like you know it's. It, it's, it's like the whole like listening to music and buying vinyls thing it's like why why buy vinyl i mean it's it's the it's just it's just the the it's just there's some extraness to it like it's just like it's authentic and it's just like you know it's it's quite hard to speak because i've never worked with film that much but i i, I can see i can see why i mean again it's his own personal it's it's up to him in the end of the day and it's up to him if he wants to work with film and digital and i don't see um why he can't um and also it like like i said it's 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 paying homage to the films he's grown up with so like growing up with films obviously he's not watched like a lot of digital yeah he's probably obviously seen digital stuff come out recently but a lot of his films he's paying homage so i think it's taken that extra step to mm. to, to using film and i think uh, yeah um... The question is about the hind, like if it will ever at a point hinder filmmaking as a whole. Is is that right? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think yeah, I think him say the uh, what he's saying is that is is Tarantino actively holding back the film industry by being no. so antagonistic towards <laughs> <No>. filmmaking. <laughs> I, I mean, um, I have I have opinions about this as well, but so right, ahead, film and digital. Are both pretty great. They're both pretty great. Yeah, and, and I, I can see for it's just how he is. It's it's like it's a little bit. I can understand it's a little bit. Old man yells at cloud from The Simpsons because in sometimes I feel the same way. You know, like literally, there's like there's a point. I will not buy a game digitally unless it's on my PC. I won't do it because I love physical media and I I just can't have it digitally. I don't know what it is, but I just do. I do. I like to own something, so I can't do it. And that's pretty old man yells at cloud, wouldn't you say? Just like vinyls. So in that way, I feel kind of like i kind of understand it but he's grown up in that way he's watched films in the the cinema house of the projector going, and it's like like you, you know spinning the wheel film uh the, the film reel and if that's just kind of the way how he wants to 
work on a movie set with it on film, then I think that's fine. But if you don't work on film, you don't get the Hateful Eight because the Hateful Eight is shot on 70mm. You do not get that film if you, if you don't shoot it on 70mm film. That is a very special case where it is so like old movie house kind of vibe that it, that, that has to be shot on film. Um, once for time in Hollywood, I, I I just feel like it's like the entire aesthetic of that movie. If like it would be a crime to shoot that on digital because <laughs> it's lit, it's set in the sixties. It's like and it's it, it's I feel like it's one of those films, those things where you feel it or you don't, and you really feel it in in the blood of a film. And I, I personally feel it if something is shot on film or digital. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying that like, if you show me a shot, I'm like, oh I can tell that, but the entire film, a construction of it, you can really feel it. And it lends a lot into um, into like remastering and 4K editions of films as well because it's it's it, it's a lot better to get like a 4K transfer of a film because you're dealing with grain instead of pixels to make it look its best. That's why like uh, 4K films from the 70s look f- fantastic. Sometimes there's not that much difference from uh, more recent digital films. And again, if that's just the way that he wants to do it, then you know. Let well, the dog pick his bones at any size, right? Yeah. You can rescan them at any size that you want, essentially. Um, as long as the projectors or whatever can handle it, you can rescan films at any size. But I don't think I, I personally don't don't think that it is a, a, a like a hindrance. I don't think Tarantino is that influential in the film world that he could say, Nope, no more digital, and everyone would go, Yes, good, good job, Tarantino, and everyone would just stop. Because guess what? He has millions and millions to make his films. And if he wants to spend hundreds of thousands of that spunking it on film, then go for it, King. Because honestly, like, mm. what, like it's, a, it's a personal choice at the end of the day. And all the storage and stuff, obviously, for filmmakers like us who don't really have that much money, um, buying hundreds of pounds of the reels of film um, and having to redo takes over and over again and shoot all that film away... Honestly, it's a waste of money. But if you can afford it, then go for it. But it, it, it's for me, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily make sense because you can store stuff a lot easier. I mean, um, if you oh god, if you look at um, the question a different way, maybe is there a way that it is um, changing how films are being produced, or or does he have any impact at all? I'd probably say that in well, well I was gonna, again, I was going to say that he's probably making fans who want to make films on film, but then those people aren't most likely they're not going to be able to do that because no. again because it's us and we're like wow what the hell's a <laughs> what the hell's a film reel so uh yeah i've got my kodak camera and that's about it so uh yeah probably no mm. it's probably having very little effect and impact to be honest but um it, it, it's cool in it you, you know you can have your films on digital you can have your films on film probably don't they have to film both. all imax films on 70 mil anyway they can't <sighs> film it on um they can't you film it digitally, can they? Mm, I thought they have. I, they have to film it. They have to film it using film reels for well, IMAX, right? IMAX cameras are a special kind of camera, aren't they? Though, unless you are filming on film, because I feel like that's a different situation where you can do something else with it. I, I, I am not an expert at all in that kind of field, but I'm sure there's a lot of te- there's probably a lot of technical and aspect ratio and kind of things that goes on. But yeah. IMAX, you can basically, pretty, you could probably, you know, like with filmmaking, you can do whatever you want. It's it's your cake to do whatever you want to do with that cake. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's it's fine. It's cool. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's cool. Um, you do whatever you want, bro. <laughs> uh, what what other questions do we have here? Um, the real Quentin's doing a podcast. Someone asks. 
No. <laughs> the real Quentin is not doing a podcast with the University of Salford. <laughs> he did Sorry. do one recently with Edgar Wright, which I listened to though, which is pretty funny. And again, of course, it was just them. It was just them going movies, movies. It was literally just them talking about movies the whole time. And and the the, the podcast presenter was sat there like, uh, and he said like one thing, and he got a movie fact wrong, and they were like, no, no. As a, <laughs> they were like, ha, we got you, we got you. So, um, <laughs> Like, okay. that, that's just like the feel that I get from them too. Uh, Libby Scott asks, uh, "When do you think he went to Tarantino in one of his movies?" Kill Bill Two. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. It's not. It's most Tarantino. I think probably Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that's, I, that's probably his most Tarantino I film. Like but I don't think it's bad at all. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it though. Um, most Tarantino. No, see, to Tarantino. Is, yeah, is... to Tarantino. I feel like when he does it, um, when he goes really Tarantino, he, he, I don't know, he always kind of, I always feel like it's really good. Like uh, <laughs> like The Hateful Eight, I'm going to be super Tarantino, movie long, 70 millimeter, but it's great. Um, in Gorge Bastards, I'm going to be super out there, I'm going to be super Tarantino, but, but yeah, but it's still good. I, I, really, I can really only think of Kill Bill Volume 2, where I'm watching I, I, it and I'm like, this is yeah. good, but it's like... I think, to be fair, it could people probably think otherwise, but for me, I think he's done... Uh, like pretty well to continue filmmaking current day because obviously like like with all these old movies and to this day like, everyone knows who he is and like knows what they might expect in the next film like have violent swearing and you know like uh, references to, to old films and and like typical actors and I think he's done a pretty good job because it's quite difficult like when he when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out it was I think recently it would be quite difficult to make a film because obviously, like, what route do you go? Do you continue this route of, like, everyone knows or do you want to go completely different? Because it's quite difficult to be in that fine line of being, like, the familiarness of what you know but also being fairly new. And I think he, like, did a pretty good job. Like, I'd, obviously, it's it, everyone's got their own opinion. But I think, for me, like, once upon a time, time in Hollywood he did a pretty good job of uh, keeping those familiar kind of uh, um, attributions contributions um, like cozy conventions sorry um, that we come to know and love Tarantino but also incorporate new stuff that we probably well I wouldn't say not expect it's nothing new but like something we wouldn't see or expect him to do like I think once upon a time in Hollywood I think one of the things for me, I don't know about other people, but because I know him for the whole, the whole like hyper violent stuff, it felt like a bit of a countdown. And by the time it comes to it at the end, it's like Jesus Christ! Like I think he he really like really well like used his um, knownness in in the, in the cinema world, like how every single film he's done is like pretty violent to not only build up to the end like like the film not only built up to the end but his whole career is built up to that end if that makes sense because the entire time you're like is this not going to be a violent tarantino film and then and then i think towards the end you kind of go ah i guess not and then it just goes all out and it's I, i think the first time i saw that like i was i was just like holy goddamn i was like yeah, this this is great. Like, and I know like a lot of people think it's his weakest film or don't really like it too much, but I really think like he managed to probably probably perfectly. People debate this, but still be the same to and be the person that we come to lo- love and know 
um, but also like still kind of be a bit different to to the point where you can't just like predict everything. But yeah, I th- I, to, to answer the question of like what's his most Tarantino film, I that was a hard one because yes, we know his like codes and conventions and stuff like that of like what Tarantino films are, but I don't think. I don't know it's it's really it's really hard to kind of to to kind of think what is the most Tarantino without ha- having like a full diagram and like one of those what about a moment thought. though because uh, the question is like when was the time he went to Tarantino so is there any like specific moment I'd probably say strangling Diane Kruger that, that, that that's, 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 that's a bit too Tarantino <laughs> was anything else it's probably the car in Kill Bill um, one, one thing that I find quite funny have you seen the one where where it's um, it's him, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and like, they're all like posing for like a match. Uh, yeah. There, like posing, like he's like posing, like he's the good-looking one. You know what? That's the moment he went to Tarantino. <laughs> not, not gonna lie, if I was in his shoes, I would be posing like that. With the I money just, he's made, the films just, he's made, he's doing something he loves, and he gets to make his own stories, and he's working mm-hmm. with these famous actors. I, I would probably stand there butt naked and pose like that. I'd be like, look <laughs> at me. It's like, I'm It's like, uh, if, he, that, if, he, if he was sat down and looked like a depressed old man, it would be like, why, why, does, why does he get to do that? But, like, because he's like, look at me. I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah, people course. would kill to be in his position. Yeah. I, I do find it quite funny how, like, he, he stands there like I'm the good-looking one when you stood next to Brad Pitt and Leonardo. <laughs> That's the joke, probably. He's like, yeah. I would do the same. Uh, well. That is really funny. If you okay, there's one more here that we have from Instagram, which is Tyler Dunnan. Um, he says if one of his films would have a sequel besides Kill Bill, which one would which one would work, or what would you personally like to see? Hmm. I missed the end of that. Proof for. <laughs> I think death proof. A, a terrible death proof sequel <laughs> that's just like trash. <laughs> um, um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to think I, about. I'm that. trying to think. The only ones like you could, you could. Pr- you well, can't make an English bastards sequel. Like. I was no, gonna, you, de- you definitely could. You no, definitely I was, I was thinking like with a day and age of like making sequels and remakes out of everything. I'm trying to think of actual remakes that would probably work and be interesting. Then, because because in that case you could just say all. Oh, I think like, I think sequel. a full on animated film from Tarantino would be pretty cool. Like imagine like a full on feature, like a 90 minute feature, um, done. You know, like that that. Oh, uh, Kill Bill One. Yeah. Like imagine like a full on animated. Yeah, that film. was great done in that style that'd be pretty cool that would be good that would be really good to see um, he probably could put the money in as well to do something I thought like about that. it he could even go even more like over um could mm-hmm. even go even crazier on like the blood and violence because it's animated mm-hmm. mm. um i mean i'm thinking about it and uh no, you um, that, like, there's just there's just it's like you can't really make a sequel to that. I was thinking about Jackie Brown for a little bit, then I was like, like she's I was, back. I, she's I was back. thinking 2020. Like, I, just, I just don't really know. I, I I really think that if you were to to take one of them that isn't Kill Bill and make like a sequel, uh, I, <laughs> the Tarantino cinematic universe lineup for the next few years. Um, I I I'd probably I I genuinely I think that. 
because Death Proof is supposed to be like a crappy little grindhouse movie, like the 80s horror films, which all had ridiculous, unneeded sequels anyway. Yeah. If yeah. you just made one of those and made a purposely crappy Death Proof 2 car with revenge and it's like the car <laughs> but the, the guy's dead and there's like a curse on the car and it's going it's basically the, that Stephen King novel <laughs> I think that would be that's the only one wasn't, that wasn't there talk it. of um, Tarantino doing a Star Trek oh yeah but that, really? that, yeah but I, I don't think that was ever going to be an actual thing <laughs> I don't know if it was fake or if it was like actually like in talks what it because because that was the uh um i think quite a lot of tarantino fans <laughs> were very scared that his 10th film was going to be a star trek um which i don't I, I'm, I'm not a massive star trek fan anyway so I, i'd i just be like oh well glad unless his career's over with a film it. like this well, yeah, unless he does it so well that he gets right. into it like, again that's what i'm saying like i feel like that'd work for me i don't know but yeah i, think, yeah, I, think, I think i think sequel wise you could either do maybe maybe a Django but like like but not based on him a bit it's going to sound a bit Red Dead like where it might be like yeah like either a prequel or, or like a sequel but like his, it's his son or like a family member or something relate like it could, be a, it could be a prequel of like uh, Dr. Schultz Tarantino is like a direct like Tarantino is, I think by him and Edgar Wright get along really well is they're not very sequel type people, are they? Yeah, you can't I really feel sequel. Like Tarantino doing a sequel wouldn't really work for him. And I know he's got Kill Bill, but wasn't that more like, wasn't it really shot more like as one film and they just split yeah, it out? Yeah, yeah, it was too long. Yeah. I mean, like, dead serious, though. Like, okay, all right, Let's say Django Unchained. If you got, if you got to like, like say the story for a Django Unchained sequel, <laughs> it just sounds so stupid. I'm just trying to think about it. Django Rechain. <clears throat> Django Rechain. He gets taken back, and he has to, and, and it's about Broomhilda, and she has to find her way to get him. Like there's, right. there's just so many silly things that I can think of. To, no, so it's set, it's set in modern day, and he's trying to regain custody of his child. Set him. <laughs> Django Rechain. <laughs> and then um. I was thinking that, and then maybe, like, you could... This is the thing, though. I'm in the mindset of, like, a really crappy, multi-conglomerate kind of, like, production going, really like... shitty sequels. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, Inglorious Bastards, but it's, like, Vietnam or something like that. Like, a bit further ahead or something. You, you, but they're all dead. They all died at the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it has to be them. Oceans, the Oceans films, does it mean, like, have all God. of them in it? And, God. Like, Friday the 13th, but there's, like, a And the Expendables, there's, like, different old wrinkly action men in it each time. Like, so, you know. <laughs> Jules was just saying before in the chat that Tarantino films are very similar to sort of Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg type films as well, but just more on steroids. Agree? Yeah. Americans, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I, I mean, Edgar Wright's films probably do have a bit more, like, 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 I was trying to think before, which one is is the least Tarantino-y and derived from something else? And I was like, no, they, they all are kind of like that. And then I was thinking, this is like way at the start, uh, when Chris brought up uh, Edgar Wright. Oh, I think it was me, actually. Yeah. But but I was trying to think, like, in comparison, Edgar Wright's of uh, his films, they are also pretty, like, like it's like, it's like bang, Shaun the Dead, you know, zombie movies, but we're going to do a comedy. Uh, Hot Fuzz. But yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, Chris, you like um, Edgar Wright. You do you? What do you? What do you reckon? Reckon maybe, maybe too similar. 
similar styles? I think the only similar similarity that Edgar Wright and Tarantino have is their love of film. Apart from that, they're very different filmmakers. Yeah, I, 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 I do think... They both I can auteurs? see where you might come from, but I don't think... Yeah, they're both auteurs. But... They both do a lot with genre, I'll say that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that they're the same. Um, I'd but say I wouldn't that... say they're too different. Mm. Like they're, they're like it's like a good friendship, like good pals. Like when you've got a good mate, you're not exactly I mean, the same Wright's people. I mean, younger than Tarantino, so I feel like that definitely. Yeah. No. a lot younger than Tarantino, so I feel like that does make a difference. Oh yeah, they've got they've got different backgrounds and different like like. Different upbringings into film and Edgar, different. Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright started as like a teenager, whereas Tarantino didn't get started until like yeah, like 30, 40. Yeah, that gives gives me hope. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think that Tarantino's films are longer. <laughs> like no, about what Charlie said, Edgar Wright's films are pretty much always on that that one that you know perfect mark for you. Um, Baby Driver is probably his most unique. Because Scott Pilgrim, you know, it's like, I'd say yes, that one, if it wasn't, you know, based off something that already exists. But Baby Driver's, unless Baby Driver is, I don't know. But Baby Driver's pretty, uh, I mean, like, it's got that whole sound gimmick, you know, like the on-beat kind of thing. I think that, that that's probably his most, like, like I, if I'm looking at Tarantino and, and Edgar Wright, it's like least, least based off something else, kind of. For Tarantino, the, the least based off something else, I mean... Probably at a stretch, Pulp Fiction, but even that is like just based off of like Pulp comics and stories. But again, all of his work is just so goddamn based off like a premise, like the Western, the war film. Does does a film have to be a box office success to be a good film? No, no it doesn't either. No. And you know, there's Wes Anderson, who who is who is I I would put him in the circle with them, where he just loves films and makes films kind of about old, other movies. But his films, I don't watch them and go, oh, this is like, this is kind of like these, this genre of films from the 60s. Wes mm-hmm. Anderson, like, genuinely makes, like... He has like, a very, very specific style. Oh, damn, he's got, oh, he's so good. Oh, very he's, specific style. So very, arty, very art house films. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's because, like, you know, he was, like, Edgar Wright and Tarantino, you know, the massive film fans, um... Well, I, 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 think, I think Wes Anderson was like a philosophy major before he decided to make his first film. Mm. That's a pretty good way to do it. I, I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, here you go. Jules has got another really interesting question here, actually. Um, is So let's say you're on a film set with Tarantino. You're working on a Tarantino film. It could be any film. doesn't necessarily matter. It could be a film that's already been made that he's done. And he comes up to you and he says, give me some film advice. <laughs> I, I need I need help with this film. What, what would what would you change specifically about his style or his films that you think would make Wait, it even better? Asking me about films. Yeah, he's like... he's come to you specifically and said I need some help. <laughs> um, I would say, how much coffee do you want? And I'll go and get it. <laughs> um, you're fired, Dan. Too late. Yeah, you're, you're fired. You're off the film set. <laughs> no, Tarantino's <laughs> fired me. <laughs> he wants he wants advice. So it's more of a thing of like, what would we change? Yeah. Or like yeah. something, we... yeah. Yeah. Um, I do, see the thing is, I don't mind long films. I like long films. If if it's doing something with that time, 
a lot of films I watch are long. I, I, I like on a monthly basis watch the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit with, without hesitation. I don't mind like long films and I don't mind short films, but I would say like there could be times where he might cut it down a bit, or at least if you're going to have a long film, maybe have that as like uh, as a special edition you can watch yourself. But I do think like in the cinema sometimes maybe cut it down. But even then, it's not much of a big issue that I have because I can sit through it and watch them. I just know that that's that's an issue that I wouldn't mind changing. Yeah, I know. Tarantino is a bit up his own arse for me. I think maybe 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 ease it up a bit with the jerking off himself. He's very oh Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino. If if I was making that again, if I was making that money, if I was making that money, I'd be like. But but where is he like that? I don't. I don't understand. Like, I've never watched these films and going, "Oh, this is just so Tarantino." Or, like, like, I kind of understand it, but like, yeah. like, 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 like let's say once more time Hollywood. It's the only film of his that I've seen in the cinema, but I'm not watching it and going, "Oh wow!" Always doing the Tarantino thing. Oh, how dare he? It's like I've gone to see a Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> I want exactly. to see a Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't go to like he's open doors yeah. or anything. Um, you don't go to an Edgar Wright film and see a quick cut and go, "Oh, he's doing the Edgar Wright stuff." I can't think of any examples where he has done that in his films in general. <laughs> Michael Bay, Explosions, yeah, Michael Bay, J.J. Abrams, Lens Flares. Uh, there's so many. Um, well, Michael Bay and J.J. Abrams don't put themselves in their films, though, do they? Yeah, but Alfred Hitchcock did. Do you like Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred does. Hitchcock? <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> um, uh, I think... Uh, God, I'm, I'm really trying to think, because I feel like I have something there. Um... Like, I'd say Michael Bay's worse because he's he, he likes to do a thing of surrounding himself with and make fun of actors. Well, not literally, but I mean, like in his no, films, he goes, like, I mean, like, in Django and Shane, he, he gets like shot in the butt and explodes. So, like, so yeah, like walking past the scene, isn't Albert Hitchcock more just cameos and just like walk past a certain scene rather than, yeah, but being in but, it like a role? Why does he have to be in it? Uh, you mean why does he have to walk past it? I think with Tarantino at least he 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 it's not like a I'm so cool. He po- he pokes fun of himself for being in it. Like he's not like a a really cool guy um, who features in it. It's not like a Tommy Wiseau where he like writes and <laughs> directs. And features I mean yeah, like in Reservoir it's, Dogs, yeah. he's one of the guys and he looks really cool. And then and then you never hear him say anything. And in the next shot, you just see him like shot in a car. You see him like and then, and then also in Glorious Bastards, he gets scalped. I mean, yeah. In Django Unchained, he, he gets shot in the butt and explodes. Yeah. So. Pulp Fiction, he, it's the only one where he has like an actual role where he plays Jimmy. Yeah. Um, but uh, about about being up his own ass, I don't. I'm trying to think because there's never been a moment where I've watched something and gone like, um, oh, this is a bit too Tarantino-y instead of being like, oh, it's, it's like I don't know. It's like. I don't know if I could give you an example, because I'm never watching like a shootout scene and I'm going, oh, a bloody shootout scene. This is, oh, it's, it's too bloody. Or... No, it's, it's, it's just kind of, I, I just find it. I really think that's the point. Bit, films, yeah, it, yeah it, I, I, I find it a bit silly, though, when people would watch a Tarantino film and go, it's very Tarantino. And it's like, well, I, for me, that's a good job because I'm here to see a Tarantino film. And if it's very Tarantino, 
like I've got the money's worth. (laughs) It's like I don't see a Tarantino film to be a very um like what Christopher Nolan like film. It's like time in Hollywood, yeah. Well, there's yeah. all it's the like, film stuff. That's, 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 it's kind of the point of it, though, that like the construction of it to be in those ways, is, I think, like is kind of the point. Like uh, the westerns again. It's like well, let's look at like the Man with No Name trilogy. Let's take all these like many more western films and just kind of like take take like a love of all that. And what do you get when you produce it? You get. You, I feel like you, and with some kid from from what like I think Tennessee who just like happens to think violence is cool as well. You just that's just kind of what you get. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, like whenever someone makes a film, I, I, it's it's you, you've got to be, you know, they're they're opening themselves and saying this is a, it's a piece of me, and I I, I want to see that piece of them. I don't want to see a filtered piece. Like, like of course, like a film is a piece of all the people who worked in it, but the story and everything, it's a piece from the director or from the writer. And I, I you know, I think I'd like to just get get their thing instead of anyone I else's. I think I think to be fair though, if you've gotten to a point where a person, a stranger you have never met in your life watches something you make and can tell it's your own work without having to put your name in front of it. I think, I think, I think you've made it. Like, if you can go yeah. to a Tarantino film and go, this is very Tarantino, it's like, well, he's, he's really successful in what he's done then. He's, if, he's, you can, he's... if you can connect with people that you've yeah. never met. Yeah. Like, it's, an it's... audience. An yeah, audience. I, I, agree with, I agree with that. that. That must be quite difficult though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't think there's many. I can't think of many filmmakers where I watch it and I can immediately tell it's theirs. There's two questions here, and you can choose whether to answer either of them. But does anyone know what's coming for Tarantino in the future? You reckon? How do you reckon his career is going? And the other thing is, no why do snowflakes hate d- dislike Tarantino? <laughs> so do they? Easy no, target. no, no. I, I don't think that's fair. I, I don't think snowflakes hate Tarantino. <laughs> I think it's an easy target for some people, though, to to hate and. Um, just get offended by because he's got so much like packed into his films of so much violence so many themes and that i think it's just a bit of an easy target because it's not like what is, is what other directors could you kind of really say like oh they're doing this like there's there's not that many and i think with tarantino because in the end i think it's mostly because people are upset that he's having fun like, like it's just why not? Like, I really don't think that many people violent. our age yeah. are like looking at a Tarantino film and going like, like, a, like a lot of it has, like, has offended them or something. I, I, I don't know. I just don't think. Certainly, you can see a lot of those clips where he's arguing on CNN with with that lady. But um, you know, that, that, that that's just anything, isn't it? I, I, I don't think snowflakes are offended by Tarantino. Uh, um, no, no, I know plenty of people who who I have different opinions with about like um, certain social issues, but but they still enjoy his films. The other question is, what's coming from in the future? What do you uh, reckon? Um, well, or blockbusters. Well, I do well, think I he's gonna. Yeah. yeah well, I don't know because because he's like... he's done repeats, like he's done two western films. You know, he's done, done a few crimes. Mm, I don't know. I don't think. I think that would really be like. Director. I think he's. I think. Mm. Current, I think Tarantino's too grounded to do a sci-fi film. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I know, like, there's some themes in other the films that are a bit oh, like out there. But... Tarantino. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it it depends. I think Tarantino should. You think he's gonna do only ten films? 
Yeah, I think he's going to stick to the 10. Because, I mean, like, after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's the ninth, he, he, he nearly called quits there. So I, I think... I, I think I I I think if he's good, I think. I think I yeah I think I think he will like do the tenth, and then if he is gonna do another film, it won't be till like, like maybe on his deathbed or something like that. I don't think he's gonna like say he's gonna do ten all his career and then drop a eleventh just after he's done the tenth or something like that. I think yeah, it's I, gonna be. I don't know. I think he it sounds like he's got a bit of a plan. And I feel like if he's got a plan, he's gonna probably stick to it. Like, and I know like people can change their minds and that, but I don't see why. I see him going more into like writing. Yeah, he'll probably go into writing. He'll probably even if he wants to make another film, instead of like doing eleventh, he'll probably give that to someone else to direct because he's done that before. Where he's written or help produce or help co-direct, so he might help out still afterwards. But I think for his actual film, it'll probably be his last one, like the tenth one. He's done. He's done ten films, hasn't he? Oh, are you counting Kill Bill as Kill, Kill Bill one and two? As, Kill, as Kill one? Bill's classed as one because one like story. Said, yeah, it's one like story. one story. Yeah. Okay, so you think he's going to make one, one, one more film and then call it quits? Yeah, that's what he's been saying for a fairly long time now. Um, yeah, I, but, yeah, I doubt he's going to like disappear. That we'll probably see him in other things. Yeah, like, yeah. He wants to retire. Like, he just wants to give up. He wants to just vibe no, out I, for the rest of his life. I don't like novels and like theatre and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. If you've been doing films for this long, I can I can understand it. Yeah, to be fair, I kind of want to do this. To be fair, I want to kind of do the same. To be fair, I'd want to have like a 30-year career and then bow out and be like, you know what, I've made, you know, 30-odd films. I'm 60 now. I want to, you know, fly off to Paris or wherever. Yeah. Chill out. Like, I don't blame him, to be fair. Yeah, everyone's going to retire at some point and it, you don't want to overwork yourself because yeah. I feel like he's... Under, I think he understands, like, with his work, like... He doesn't want how, it to get crappy. How much he needs to put into his work because I think he he's probably said 10... Um, he probably knows that if he just keeps going and just keeps going and going, it's gonna get worse. Yeah, it's gonna get worse. It's like M Night Shyamalan. Like he's his films have been just like just been getting really bad. Okay, yeah. so which film of his ten movies would you recommend if 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 you were to choose one of them? All the others disappear. They Thanos snap away, gone forever. One of them you get to save. Which which one do you choose, and which one do you recommend people so you're to asking, see? So you're asking what our what our favorite is. Technically, well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's quite a difficult Whoa. question because I always have like I always have like a different answer depending on who I'm talking to and I got an answer straight up. So so you said your favourite film and then and then one that you would recommend for people to watch. Oh, so those would be two different ones for you. Well uh, well uh, yeah, maybe. Well, because well, well, Pulp Fiction is my favourite, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go to everyone and say watch Pulp Fiction because it's so well known. I think I'd rather shed light on something that is lesser known that I still think is brilliant. And for that, I would say Jackie Brown. Nice, Michael. Um, yeah, I I would say it's the same. I wouldn't shed light on something that's well known. Um, although like whenever it's someone asks me, when, whenever someone asks me like my favourite. Tarantino film or like one of the best well when it's more like what's the best one I would I would back of my mind I'd think Pulp Fiction but then I just don't want to go down that route because <laughs> even though it's like most well known and the best example I don't know it's like I wouldn't say 
it's the one that I go to all the time. I would say for for a while, um, it was either like Reservoir Dogs because it was like the start of his career and it was just like like it was it was it was a different time and it was the start of his career and it was like low budget low budget for, for what he's done. And just like I think Reservoir Dogs has really inspired me to work towards that where he did the whole thing where he just saved up money and spent so much time and effort and like mm. started his career with that. But then with what Daniel said, like with shedding light and something that's not well as well known or looked at or as talked about as much, I'd say Hateful Eight. I've got Hateful Eight as one of my top because it's quite similar in the sense of Reservoir Dogs, where it's just like one location and it. I, I like watching films where, like. You kind of watch it and think, oh, I could do something like that. Yeah. Not saying like, oh, it's easy and oh, I could, I could do that. Oh, I'd make it better. But like, just kind of going like, wow, it gives you kind of hope into because mm. the film industry is so hard to get into. Uh, and most of the time, it's just luck. Just like with any kind of industry like that, it when you watch something like that, it's just like it it gives you hope and it gives you that inspiration to kind of write something and go with your mates to try and like save up money and make something like that so i would say like one of one of those two really nice awesome and chris what would you say uh i think my favorite would be probably django but if i was gonna save one or one that to recommend um i'd say glorious bastards i think that's probably Mm -hmm. I say that's probably like his magnum opus, and I feel like to introduce someone to Tarantino, I feel like that'd probably be the best. Best place to start. Point. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I almost actually agree with you there. Actually, um, although the first one I actually watched, the first Tarantino film I actually watched was Kill Bill, um, and I liked the first one. I didn't really like the second one, but I thought the first one was very good. And honestly, they could have left it there and I would have been happy. <laughs> I could have left it there and I would have just gone, yep, this is the end of the film for me. Um, awesome. So, yeah, if anyone has any, any closing comments uh, about this in general, um, I'd love for you to chime in now. Yeah, anyone? Dan, you want to say anything about Tarantino or, or just films in general? Any real oh, words of wisdom? Films, uh, words of wisdom from me. Um... <laughs> I, I know, say, mistake. <laughs> so I, I, I was just looking at my ranked list on Letterboxd that I made probably a while ago. And I, it, it, like, I feel like Michael does where it kind of always changes. Because, yeah. you know, that's like it, opinions, they always change. Like, Inglourious Bastards is seconds. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, Django. Sometimes I'm like, oh, Hateful Eight. Oh, Kill Bill. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a big one. Or Inglourious Bastards. So all I would say is, it's okay to like what you like. It's okay to not like what you like. You know, that's okay. Um, it's just movies, isn't it? Just go and watch some more, and then maybe you can make something that is either like this, like Tarantino's films, or not like those films, because everyone, everyone is them, themselves, isn't they? And there's many other filmmakers out there, and whilst he's probably amongst the most mainstream, it's always great to go out and find some more, which I think is what he's the kind of thing that he's trying to push is go and watch some more films, which is ne- which is never a bad message. His films are pretty cool. Go and watch more films. That is a good message for the podcast. Some people really there need you to. Go. <laughs> yep. Go and watch more films. End of story. There you go. Michael, Chris, anything? Don't be afraid when someone asks you um, your opinion on something like, who's your favourite director? To 
for me, like like I said, like whenever someone asks me what's my favorite director, I say Tarantino. I I, I understand there's a, a bit of weight that comes to that because especially if you speak to other people that are into film and you say that, it sounds like an easy option, and I don't know crap. But I think people need to be there is a stigma. There is yeah, a stigma. there is a stigma. I think people need to realize that uh, no matter what people ask you, um, like if it's the easy option uh, and it does feel like it's a weighted uh, opinion. If it is your opinion and you like it and and you know that's your opinion, no one's telling you otherwise and no one's forcing that upon you. Don't be afraid, because because it's because like the amount of times people ask me and I say that and they're just like, oh, but I'm like, no, this is the reason behind it, not because I'm like, oh, film, Pulp Fiction, yeah, mm. it's it's because it's like so many of his films have given me different reasons to why I like him. It's not just always oh, cool. It's like like I said with the whole inspiration kind of thing because it, it, it watching his films like makes me continue wanting to like write and stuff like that because it feels like i can i can i can try that and like so many of his films just yeah just inspire me and and i just like starting film production at uni and like everyone going what your favorite directors are and you saying tarantino or someone else saying some cool hip artsy kind of name you've never heard before and you're like oh but I, I think people need to realise that there's no worry and harm in, in saying what you truly think. And I think because opinions, just like art, are subjective, no one's wrong and no one's right. There you go. Nice. Opinion is subjective. Chris, any any words of wisdom? Yeah, it's, I feel like with Tarantino especially, I feel like, I feel like it, is, it is also important to be a critic of what you're a fan of. Like, if mm-hmm. you're a fan, being a critic of it is really important, and that's okay. Awesome. There you go. Awesome. Great. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. So, thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Dan, Mr. Povey himself, for um, coming on and um, talking about Tarantino with us. I had to make a lot of time on my schedule, but thanks for having me, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Maybe next time we'll actually get Mr. Quentin Tarantino in as well, and then we'll <laughs> talk to him and berate him. <laughs> say why do you make films um yeah so that's awesome um if anyone watching or listening um wants to you know get in touch make a podcast with the university or make a podcast on your own and then we'll distribute it for you uh go ahead and message us um, at uos underscore film production on instagram or I, I don't know where else you can reach us blackboard <laughs> I don't know, just go and talk to Arif in uni. Um, you know where he lives. Um and yeah, I don't know. Thank you guys, appreciate it. And we'll see you all next time. Um listen on Spotify, listen on Apple Music, listen on whatever platform you use. It's all there. US Film Production Podcast. See you later. <laughs>